Well, you're listening to Born on This Day, and today is January 6th. I'm Marco Timpano. And I'm Bill Antonio. And Bill, today is the Epiphany. There it is, Marco. It's also called the Feast of the Epiphany. Yep. Or Theophy, or Three Kings <laughs> Day. Theophany, is that how you guys say it? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. uh, I hear that it's... word, and I know someone is bored in church right now. It's <laughs> very upsetting for me. Because <laughs> this is something oh. old calendar Greeks are like going to, yeah. going to a three-hour church mass to celebrate. Yeah. So I have a dear friend who's who's Greek besides you, oh. Katerina. And one year, her husband said to her, "It's like I don't want to spend Christmas on I don't want, I don't want to celebrate Christmas on the twenty fifth. I want to celebrate it on the sixth. Mm. And she just turned to him. She goes, "Okay, go have fun that day." Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. This Christian holiday commemorates the first manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles, and represented through the Magi or the three wise men. It's also known as Little Christmas. And if you celebrate it, Happy Epiphany to you. Happy indeed. I guess I think because the epiphany is the uh, the star in the sky. I believe that's why. Oh, oh, I, I didn't so. realize that. But and they followed sure. the they followed the star, right? Yeah. yeah. How do you follow so, a star? I don't know. Yeah. You know, I I was in a play once when I was a kid, the the Christmas pageant play, and I was one of the shepherd. I didn't get to be one of the wise men. Okay. And so my, you didn't do and, research. Yeah. No, no. And and I one of my lines was perhaps it was like. Um, you should follow the star was one of the lines. And the next one was perhaps. And after the play, um, my dad, I was like, what did you think? And he's like, it was great. I loved it when you said craps. And I'm like, <laughs> why would the little shepherd boys say craps? Because they said, play perhaps. craps when they're not taking care of the sheep, Marco. That's why. <laughs> and you know what, Bill? I haven't enunciated since. No, you haven't. No, it's very true. <laughs> but, you know, when you think about, like, a star in the sky, like, how can sure. you tell exactly what it's hanging over? You know what I mean? Uh, I don't mean to me. cause any religious controversy about this. No. I'm just saying if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, you're pretty much seeing the same star all the time. Look, I don't know. I know that Amanda will point out stars and say, that's the belt of Orion. That's the thing sure. of Sagittarius. Yeah, and I do. I always just glaze over. I could care less. It's very cool, though, when you go to Australia and you see a whole different set of stars. I guess. I'd rather see a wallaby. Well, listen, (laughs) if you're born today, you are defined by your sociable, charming, and hardworking nature. You love social settings, which is perfect because people just seem to gravitate towards you. You've gained numerous friends based solely on your warmth and wit. That's what you think. Yeah. yeah, and then you lose your job. You can't afford to throw parties anymore, and suddenly you have no friends. Anyway, <laughs> we're so mean. To, we're so mean to people at the top of our show. <laughs> Keep listening; it gets better. All right. Well, celebrating a birthday today, Eddie Redmayne got off to a great start at the beginning of his career, co-starring with Helen Mirren in the miniseries Elizabeth I, directed by Robert De Niro in The Good Shepherd, and breaking through with his first lead role in Savage Grace. The true story of Anthony Bakeland and his disturbing relationship with his mother, played by Julianne Moore. He starred in the 2011 comedy My Week with Marilyn and the film version of the musical Les Miserables. Then in 2014, played Stephen Hawking in The Theory of Everything and won the year's Best Actor Oscar. Julianne Moore was that year's Best Actress. He followed it with a second nomination for The Danish Girl, the Harry Potter film Fantastic Beasts prequels, and this year is in The Trial of the Chicago 7 as Tom Hayden. He was born on this day in London in 1982. 
All right. One of my favorite, all-time favorite cast members of SNL, Kate McKinnon. She's best known, of course, on Saturday Night Live and the Big Gay Sketch Show for playing the role of Dr. Jill Holtzman in the 2016 Ghostbusters reboot. I thought she was great in a film that wasn't so great. Uh, she graduated from Columbia, Columbia University in 2006 with, as a theater major where she co-founded a comedy group called Tea Party, which focused on musical improv comedy. Since 2008, she has performed live sketch comedy regularly at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York City. She has worked as a voiceover actress and has voiced characters for, the, for series such as The Venture Brothers, Robotomy, and Ugly Americans. She began featured appearances on SNL in 2012 and became a regular cast member in 2013 and has won two Emmys for her work on the show. She was born on this day in Seacliff, New York in 1984. And I just love her, Bill. I don't know how you feel oh, about I her. I watch every day. I watch the skit of her and Sofia Vergara doing the Pantene commercial on SNL <laughs> where Kate is pretending to be Penelope Cruz, you know. Ah, yep. Sofia, uh, you are a fan of me. I am a fan of you. Okay. <laughs> And she can't say all the words they're making her say in the commercial. Fatal Mitchell Denesis. Uh, yeah, it's so good. Oh, man. She's brilliant. Uh, Eliza Scanlon is best known for her role opposite Amy Adams on Sharp Objects and for playing Beth in the latest big screen version of Louisa May Alcott's Little Women. She began her career on Home and Away in 2016 before coming to America and this year starred in the next Netflix film The Devil All the Time. She was born on this day in Sydney, Australia in 1999. Norman Reedus made his debut in Guillermo del Toro's thriller Mimic and gave a terrific performance as Lucien Carr in the little scene 2000, 2000 film Beat with Courtney Love. He worked steadily for the next decade in films like American Gangster and the, the notorious Betty Page, but became a household name when he took on the role of Daryl Dixon on the hit show The Walking Dead, which he is still playing on that show's 10th season. He's probably the best thing to come out of Hollywood, Florida, and was born there in 1969. He's the one that you were talking about the other day because he used to date Helena Christensen, right? That's right. Yeah. And isn't she one of the Magnificent Seven I models so. or whatever? Yeah, she would have to be <laughs> the Magnificent Seven. Bill, you, you know, it's always a shift where something like that happens and then it becomes incorporated into our show. That's right. And all of a sudden when, the, when these models are born, it's like, okay, and here's another Magnificent Seven. That's right. I think we've covered them all. But oh, yeah. okay. Rowan Atkinson is best known and loved for his character, Mr. Bean, which he has played on his 90s television series and a series of films. He attended Newcastle University and Oxford University, where he earned degrees in electrical engineering. During that time, he met screenwriter Richard Curtis, with whom he wrote and performed comedy reviews, and who would go on to write many of his films. His first brush with fame came with his co-writing and appearing on Not the Nine O'Clock News, which was a huge success and spawned several best-selling books. Then he starred on Black Adder in the early 80s and his noted short but potent appearance in the 1994 comedy smash Four Weddings and a Funeral, which was written by Richard Curtis. More recently, he found popularity with his comic spy films Johnny English, the latest of which came out in 2018. He was born on this day in Consett, England in 1955. All right, so if you drink during this show when Marco does the uh, Japanese actor, now's your time to get your sake ready. <laughs> Rinko Kikuchi? Yep. was scouted in the streets in her Tokyo neighborhood, beginning as a model and subsequently began acting, working in a number of Japanese films, including the hit 
The Taste of Tea in 2004. And let me guess, Bill, it was a great film. I haven't seen it, actually. Okay. In 2006, she was cast in Alejandro G. in in Inirutu's Babel and was nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress, leading to her starring in the Brothers Bloom Map of the Sound of Tokyo, also Pacific Rim, and Kumuko, the Treasure Hunter. She was born on this day in Hadano, Japan in 1981. All right, let's take a 50-hour break for me to correct everything. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bill. Oh, man, I try so hard. I sweat. I sweat. And I, well, and I, and I, problem, you sweat, and you need to actually just be calm, and then you'll I just guess. get it all. Yeah. And I just want you to know, I love Japan. I went to Japan. I had the best time, oh, the warmest, nice. most friendliest people I've ever encountered. I just had a great time in Japan, and I always make a mess whenever we hit something Japanese. Yeah. And I every apologize. time you tried to thank somebody in Japanese, you would end up telling them to go stick their head in the toilet or something. That's right. Yeah. I, uh, that's my normal greeting in English anyways. Sylvia Sims was educated at convent schools before receiving dramatic training at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art. A repertory player by the time she was discovered for films and became a star in the 50s, starring in Woman in a Dressing Gown, No Time for Tears, and The World of Susie Wong, later co-starring with Dirk Bogard in the landmark British drama Victim. More recently, she played the Queen Mother in the 2006 Oscar-winning film The Queen by Stephen Frears, and last year was on an episode of Gentleman Jack still acting at the age of 86. She was born on this day in London, England in 1934. Glamorous model and film star Capucine. Capucine or Capuchine? Capucine. I would say Capuchine, but that's not her name. She was born Germaine Lefbre and was... Okay. And was discovered by director Charles K. Feldman while working as a high fashion model for Givenchy in Paris. She was brought to Hollywood to study acting and was put under contract by Columbia Studios, playing her first leading role in Song Without End. In the 60s, she was a major star in the first Pink Panther film, in the steamy drama Walk on the Wild Side and The Seventh Dawn with William Holden later making an an iconic appearance in Fellini's 1969 film, Satyricon. A manic depressive, Capucine's life had on several occasions been saved by her friend, Audrey Hepburn, who was also her neighbor in Switzerland. But Capucine's demons eventually were too strong, and she committed suicide in 1990 at the age of 62. She was born on this day in St. Raphael, France, in 1928. She had the most extraordinary face. She was so, so beautiful. But uh, had her demons and um, I believe threw herself off her balcony. It was very sad. Oh, that's never fun. Um, She and Audrey were good friends from back in their modeling days together. They were friends for a long time. Oh, wow. Yeah. Moving on, Loretta Young was appearing on screen as a child extra by the time she was four, then by the 1930s was a leading lady with a scandalous personal life that included eloping with actor Grant Withers when she was 17. In the mid-30s, she had a child out of wedlock with Cary Grant. In the 40s, she starred in the classics The Stranger with Orson Welles, The Bishop's Wife with David Niven, and The Farmer's Daughter, for which she won the Oscar for Best Actress. In the 50s, she had her own successful show, Letter to Loretta, which ran eight years. Mm -hmm. Then after it ended, mostly retired, except for a TV movie in 1989. She lived a quiet retirement in California until her death in 2000 at the age of 87. She was born on this day in Salt Lake City, Utah in 1913. She always struck me as being a very classy person. Yeah, she was. Yeah. But she had a rowdy life, you know. There was a whole thing about, um, I think the... uh, 
the story in the Coen Brothers movie Hail Caesar, where Scarlett Johansson is trying to adopt a baby she's had out of wedlock in order to cover yeah. up the scandal, I think that's based on Loretta Young. Oh, because wow. that's something that she did. Like she kind of made it seem like she had adopted a baby out of the goodness of her heart to raise on her right. own, even though she'd actually given birth to it. My goodness. Something well, like that. Yeah. Well, next on our list is Danny Pintaro. He made his film debut in Cujo in 1983, but we all know and love him for playing Jonathan on eight seasons of the hit sitcom, Who's the Boss? He hasn't appeared in much since the show ended, other than the odd theatrical production or TV movie, but he stayed in the public eye, coming out as gay in 1997 and marrying his husband, Will Tabaris, in 2014. Plus, had an unfortunate scandal in the 90s when a man was charged with writing harassing letters to Pintaro and then committed suicide. Wow. He was born on this day in Milltown, New Jersey in 1976. I actually didn't know until I researched this that he he came out all those years ago because it's just amazing that you watch Who's the Boss and you're like, that kid is so gay. Yeah. Uh, and, it's, you know, it's just there from the beginning. He was so cute, too. He was. Yeah. And he is, and he is. I don't know what he's like today, but I'm sure he's, he seems to be a, I think a nice he, I think he has appeared on a couple of those Dancing with the Stars type shows. Okay. I think. Um, he's, yeah. he's a, like, he looks good. He looks different than you would expect him to look when you see him as a kid. He didn't oh, okay. eat the way you would expect, but he does look good, and he seems happy. Who cares? Okay. Hopefully, Who's the Boss has nonstop residuals coming in. Oh. Um, hopefully, partly from me, because I've been watching it on CTV, and uh, it's still great. Angela. Angela. Who's your favorite character? <laughs> Oh, Mona, for sure. But I also forgot how um, sexy Tony Danza was back in the day and all the confusing feelings he gave me because they would always like have him accidentally in the shower or whatever, you know, because he was really fit. Right. 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 Um, and uh, and also, you know, it, it's it, that show was so wonderful for the fact that Tony was not at all um, precious about his masculinity, except when he was really pushed, you know, but the right. fact that he was like a housekeeper who made tea for his boss and stuff like that. He was always really proud of the fact that he was raising his kid in a good environment. And he never minded when people had anything disparaging to say about the fact that he was this tough Brooklyn guy who was playing housekeeper, you know what I mean? Right. right. And I think that was, um, I don't know if it was a breakthrough, but it was something that I recognize now as being pretty special about the fact that he wasn't defensive about his macho-ness. Sure. You know? Um, and um, yeah. how did that series end? I don't remember. I, I, I know that I didn't watch it till the very end. Okay. I used to watch it a lot because I watch it now and I realize I know their entire house off by heart. I see. Yeah. Anyway. Eduardo Ponti is a director who made his feature debut with the film Between Strangers in 2002, later directed an adaptation of Jean Cocteau's The Human Voice, and this year released the Netflix film The Life Ahead, all of them starring Sophia Loren, who also happens to be his mother. His father was legendary producer Carlo Ponti. Eduardo was born on this day in Geneva, Switzerland in 1973. I think he's the younger of our two boys, isn't he? Right. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. 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 Um, how is The Life Ahead? It's okay. Oh, it's, okay. um, it's it's worth it for her. Um, otherwise, okay. I thought it was pretty. It was a pretty familiar movie. I didn't feel like there was anything particularly special about it. It's actually a remake of an Oscar-winning French film from the late seventies called Madame Rosa. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's so wonderful to see Sophia and to see that she still got it. You know. Yeah. She's so great. awesome. Yeah. Bonnie Franklin is best known for her leading role on the hit sitcom One Day at a Time, for which she was nominated for an Emmy and two Golden Globes. Before the series, she had appeared on a number of shows and small roles in movies while finding great success on the stage in Drat That Cat, 
<laughs> Dames at Sea, and the musical version of All About Eve, Applause, in which she co-starred with Lauren Bacall and was nominated for a Tony Award. She withdrew from acting after the sitcom ended, other than the odd appearance on an episode of television including Touched by an Angel and Hot in Cleveland, then in 2012 appeared on 11 Days of the Young and the Restless. She died a year later at the age of 69. She was born on this day in Santa Monica, California in 1944. I used to love uh, One Day at a Time when I was a kid. I used to watch it, and I always was like fascinated by this, you know, short-haired redhead who was the mom. Who was the mom of these gorgeous supermodels? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then her TV daughter is on Hot in Cleveland. I guess that's why she was on it. And that show oh. always has a lot of like um, veterans of 70s television uh, guest starring on it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, or it had anyway when it was on. It mm-hmm. was really, That show was really funny. Anyway, Trudy Styler is an actress, film producer, and director. She, star- she trained at the Bristol Old Vic Theatre School and went on to appear in various BBC productions. She joined the Royal Shakespeare Company, in which she played multiple major roles. She has appeared in many British television series, such as The Mayor of Casterbridge and The Scold's Bridal, and in the United States television shows Empire, The Night Of, and on film was in Living Proof and Paul Haggis' The Next Three Days. In the mid-90s, she established Singu Films and has produced and co-directed several award-winning documentaries and feature films, including Guy Ritchie's Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch, Duncan Jones's Moon, and Michael Apted's Moving the Mountain. In 2011, she co-founded the production company Maven Pictures and produced Girl Most Likely, Filth, American Honey, and her own directorial debut, Freak Show. She is the patron of many charities, including the Elton John's AIDS Foundation, and the one thing she's unfortunately only known for, despite all of this, is that she's married to singer Sting since 1992. Right. She was born on this day in Bromsgrove, England in 1954. Cara Seymour is a British actress who played one of Christian Bale's more memorable victims in American Psycho and followed it with roles in Dancer in the Dark, Gangs of New York, The Savages, An Education, and the series The Nick. She was born on this day in Essex, England in 1964. Uh, a couple of sad stories coming up, Marco, and a couple uh, of my favorite directors. First up, we have Anthony Mengela, who began as a playwright and theater director. The London theater critics named him Most Promising Playwright of the Year in 1984. And among his plays is Whale Music and Made in Bangkok, which won the London Theater Critics Award for Best Play. He then moved into filmmaking with the acclaimed romantic drama Truly Madly Deeply in 1991. His project to adapt Anthony, excuse me, um, Michael Andace's The English Patient almost didn't happen when a major studio withdrew its funding over a disagreement with his casting choices. The Weinstein brothers at Miramax stepped in, offering him a much smaller budget but total casting freedom, and the result won nine Oscars, including Best Picture and Best Director for Mingala. It's one of my favorite movies. He followed it with the talented Mr. Ripley, Cold Mountain, and Breaking and Entering, which was sadly his last film in 2006. Two years later, he died of a hemorrhage following surgery to remove a tumor from his neck when he was 54. He was born on this day in Ride, England in 1954. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Sad story. Sad story. John Singleton made history when the feature film he directed straight out of film school, Boys in the Hood, one of my favorites, actually, earned him an Oscar nomination for writing and directing when he was 24 years old. He was the first African-American to be nominated in the Best Director category. He continued his career with great success, making the films Poetic Justice, Higher Learning, Rosewood, Shaft, Baby Boy, and Four Brothers. 
plus directed the second film in the Fast and Furious franchise and episodes of American Crime Story and Billions. Fans were shocked when he died of, of a stroke in 2019 at the mere age of 51. He was born on this day in Los Angeles in 1968. Another sad tale. Uh, sad, and you know what? I still remember you see, remember seeing Boys in the Hood and how much I love that film. All right, Marco, coming up, somebody that we both thought we actually knew in real life when we were kids, mm-hmm. and that's Vic Tabak, who won two Golden Globes for the role that he is best known for as short order cook Mel on the sitcom Alice from 1976 to 1985 my dad was a restaurant supplier by the way uh so he definitely knew i definitely remember meeting a lot of mel's in my childhood when i'd go on deliveries with him because he supplied a lot of uh diners did you ever tell them to kiss your grits uh i did not no because i was a little kid and i think that might have gotten me into a bit of trouble (laughs) but when i was little i used to go on the rounds with my dad all the time uh, throughout mm-hmm. time. Anyway. That's great. Yeah. His acting career began, my, not my dad's, uh, Vic Tabak's acting career began in the 50s with roles in Love with the Proper Stranger, episodes of Rawhide, The Man from Uncle, and I Dream of Jeannie, working steadily through the years and after Alice when he appeared on The Love Boat and the film Loverboy. His last gig was an episode of MacGyver in 1990, the same year he died at the age of 60, which means he was not 60 when he was on Alice, which blows oh my, my mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was born on this day in New York City in 1930. He was our age when he was on that show. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. He died at 60? Yes. And he was, how old was he on? on... 60. Oh he's always 60. Some people, they just always look 60. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. That blew my mind. Yeah. I just always think of him in that, like, the little longshoreman hat. and the, Right. You know, yeah. Was, wasn't he Greek? I always thought he was Greek. No, he just, that's what all the Greek short order cooks look like. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Mickey Har- Hargitay was a bodybuilder athlete who performed as one of the male beauties in Mae West's live Vegas show. But she fired him when he started dating movie star Jane Mansfield. He and Mansfield eventually married and had three children, one of whom is Law & Order SVU star Mariska Hargitay. Um, Mickey was inspired to bodybuild after seeing a magazine cover of Steve Reeves and later won the Mr. Universe competition in 1955 and starred as Hercules in a 1960s film made in Italy. There were so many of those Hercules films made in Italy. I've been watching a lot of them right now because I'm going through a Steve Reeves period because that's what I need right now, Marco. Fair enough. Listen, yeah. you, you go where where you need. Mm-hmm. Um, he co-starred with Mansfield in Will Success Spoil Rock Hunter, appeared in Slaughter on 10th Avenue, and starred in a number of Italian gladiator movies. Then, in his late 70s, made a guest appearance on his daughter's show. He was born on this day in Budapest, Hungary in 1926 and died in 2006 at the age of 80. Uh, Hands down, all-time most moving Golden Globe speech is when Mariska won for Law & Order SVU. I still cry when I watch it um, because he was there with her and she points out that he had been with his mom, with her mom, when she won her Golden Globe like 40 years earlier. And there's just something about it. It works on me every time. I thought it was just one of the loveliest moments in that show's history. Oh, wow. Google it. I will. I've been watching a lot of SVU because I love the new podcast, uh, That's Messed Up, where two girls go through an SVU episode every week and uh, talk about like the real case behind it. Oh. Uh, It's a really good show. It's based, it's produced by the girls who do uh, My Favorite Murder. And and I've uh, chatted a bit with these ladies and, you know, I'll promote them on BGM later, but uh, um, I never watched SVU ever. And now I'm like watching it all the time. Anyway. 
Well, didn't Mariska also, she founded the, um, I forget the name of the the organization, but they helped to um, process rape kits. And Well, she's really... been on that show for like 24 seasons. I would think right. that like it would enter her life at some point. So yeah. No, but would, she, would... she, she did that a long time ago and, uh, and she has really helped, uh, uh, you know, with the that. Catch up with the issue basically. Yeah. 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 No, she's yeah. great. Vincenzo Natale began as a storyboard artist before moving into directing, making the 1997 science fiction film Cube, then following it with Brainstorm, Getting Gilliam, a segment in Parisia Tem, and the Sarah Pauli sci-fi film Splice. Most recently, he directed episodes of Westworld, American Gods, and The Stand. He was born on the stay in Detroit, Michigan in 1969, although he's thought of as a Canadian filmmaker. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, it's called End the Backlog. That's the organization that she oh. she helped develop. And you can go to endthebacklog.org. Oh, her. That's amazing. Also, Vic Tabak was Syrian. So okay. that's why. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Jeremy Rainier is best known for his collaborations with the Darnen brothers, including starring in their 1996 film, The Promise, when he was a teenager and appearing in their Palm Door winning The Child in 2005. He has also starred in Summer, Summer Hours by Olivier Assayas, White Elephant, Saint Laurent, Double Lover by Francois Ozon, and Frankie with Isabelle Hubert. He was born on this day in Brussels, Belgium in 1981. Did I get Isabelle's name right? I know we always mess up on her name. You didn't. Uh, sorry, I turned my mic off because my mom's phone is going at it again. Yeah. Uh, all right. Make sure you cut that out, Marco. <laughs> my best. Listen, if you need to get in touch with Bill's mother, the phone number to call is 416. All right. Greg Lauren is a model and actor who is the nephew of famed clothing designer Ralph Lauren, playing roles in Batman Forever, A Time to Kill, Boogie Nights, and the independent film Friends and Family, which gave him a rare lead role. He stopped acting in 2010 to focus on his other passion, painting and has created art that has fetched up to $15,000 in sales. I'm sure it's great. Um, anyway, he has been, <laughs> I'm sure it actually is great. He has been married to Elizabeth Berkeley since 2003 and was born on this day in New York city in 1970. Well, Bill, speaking of lesbians, Danny <laughs> Thomas was known primarily as a TV actor. He also starred as a nightclub series singer on the popular make room for daddy television show. He also served TV behind the cameras, partnering with Sheldon Leonard and Aaron Spelling to create the shows uh, Dick, The Dick Van Dyke Show, Dick Van Dyke Show, The Andy Griffith Show, The Mod Squad. He was also dedicated to building the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Memphis, which he founded in 1962. On film, he starred in the remake of The Jazz Singer in 1952 and is the source of one of the funniest jokes on The Golden Girls, which I just referenced at the top Lesbian. of this. Lesbian. Lesbian. <laughs> I don't see any problem with that. Isn't Danny Thomas one? Not Lebanese, Blanche. <laughs> so fast. And then at the end when Sophia's like, oh, Rose is going to be very upset when she finds out Danny Thomas is a lesbian. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it truly is. If you haven't seen that episode of The Golden Girl, it's one of the, one of the few, yeah. one of the best write, yeah. like, writings on television yeah. ever. Anyways, he, he is also the father of actress Marlo Thomas. He was born Amos Jakub uh, on this day in Deerfo Deerfield, Michigan in 19... 12 and died in 1991 at the age of 79 Amazing. and oh man that that build just 
to think Jean would prefer Rose over me. <laughs> oh, it's so such good. Oh, and, and you know what? It's kind of the epiphany of the Golden Girls. It and is. today, yeah, the epiphany. Yeah. Uh, Bill, I hope you had a great January 6th. I, I did, sure. Marco. I did. Right. See you tomorrow. Tune in tomorrow for more Born on This Day. All right.